Hi. Hello. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you very much. Do you feel older? I feel wiser. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like when it past midnight you felt wiser yeah i just rolled out of bed and i just thought surely i have wow. understanding of the end of days read the book of daniel and revelation made total sense to me amazing mm-hmm. i had no idea welcome to episode 58 of keeping up with the joneses where one of us is deluded <laughs> we'll let you guess which one <laughs> <laughs> we had lots of connections this week we did have lots of connections this week you were a genius in that you managed to make eggs benedict for 10 people. I did. Do you want to talk us through that? Because eggs benedict is a hard enough dish to pull off for like one or two. Yeah. But to get them plated, cooked, ready in the other order and delivered for 10 people and still have runny yolks was amazing. Thank you. What was your top tip? What was my top tip? I had help. And so I pre-did all like the breakfast potatoes and all that kind of stuff. And we did mashed avocado on top of the, what are those things called? English muffins. Yep, which were toasted on a grill. Yes. <laughs> so you did the bread toasting. That was so difficult. And the meat. Yes. Like. Well, we did the bacon in the oven. Yes. And then we transferred it to the grill to kind of crisp up and let all the fat from the bacon drip on the, the English muffins. Yes. We also did some sausages. Yes. And but then. The eggs were spectacular. They turned out great. How did you do the eggs? I did them in a cupcake tin. So you poached? I poached them in a muffin tin. You put um, one tablespoon of water in each muffin tin, you know, like not with any kind of paper in it or anything, Mm -hmm. just a tablespoon of water, and then crack an egg into each one and then put it in the oven at 350 for... Eight uh, minutes. Eight minutes. Yeah. Well... I actually did closer to nine, but yeah. Would never have thought of that. No. Pinterest win. Right? It worked fantastically. Mm -hmm. It really did. Yeah. Um, And they're perfectly formed circles. And they were. They were absolutely delicious. So if you follow us on Instagram, no doubt your mouth would have been watering on Saturday morning. If you also follow us on Instagram, you probably saw the most adorable thing this week, which was certainly the highlight of my week, if not the highlight of my month. It was so cute. Which was our little two and a half year old boy, Micah John crawled into bed one morning and you know everybody was up i was kind of lounging in bed and he snuggled up beside me and he looked at me and said daddy would you pray for me so it's like sure honey so he lay on his back i just put my hand on his chest and began praying for him well he turned once i finished praying and he said would you do that again so i prayed for him and i must have prayed for him four or five times i ran out of things to prophesy over him you did i have like over two minutes of you praying for him and he just sat there so still and then aj kind of came in and, and took a photo and in the photo, or I'll put a link to it in the show notes, you see MJ lying back with his you know, hands lifted high, classic receive mode. His little eyes were flickering as the Holy Spirit was resting on him. It was so cute. It was all I could do to not just bawl. You it did was, bawl. I, well, yeah, I did, but not <laughs> right then. No, he kind of, you finished praying for him and he went, I play with trucks and jumped down off the bed and then he just burst into tears. It, oh, was, it was amazing. Very moving. Yeah. Three of our favorite prophets were in one room this weekend. Very true. Our friend Larry Randolph was hosting his, it seems like annual conference now, the Blue Moon Conference. I think so, yep. And he had Graham Cook and David Wagner in town, and so it was fun to see those guys and get a little bit of hangout with those guys. And then Brian and Jen Johnson from uh, Bethel Church in Redding, California, were also in Franklin at Mm -hmm. The Belonging. That's in Nashville, but yeah. 
Oh yeah, that's it's yeah. I I just kind of grouped the two cities in one. You're absolutely right. It, the yeah. belonging, and we couldn't go unfortunately because we all had a meeting scheduled. But it sounded amazing and looked yes. incredible. All reports are that it was fantastic. What else has been happening? I've been working some this week on um, my children's book. So I got a couple more pages of the animation done, which is great. It takes me several hours. Is this your children's book called Demons Don't Make Good Pets? No. (laughs) (laughs) Though that is a good idea. Um, I'm not doing a children's book about demons. (laughs) We could totally illustrate it. It'd be amazing. Okay, This is Spirit of Gluttony. This is a Spirit of Fear. It would be great. It could be a pop-up book. I'm thinking no. <laughs> okay. That's just an idea out there. If anybody wants to take that, you can take it. You can run with it. We don't even need royalties from it. Yeah, just go ahead and run with that. What was your book that you're doing then? <laughs> I just won't be buying it for my children. <laughs> um, well, the working uh, title, I don't know what it will end up being called, but uh, in my head it's called Becoming Ben. But it's basically about uh, our friend Ben Farley who graduated to heaven last October. And it's a children's book about the kind of life that Ben led, which is very much partnering with the Holy Spirit to see things happen everywhere he went. Wow. And you're illustrating it too. I am. As I've been watching, you're an amazing illustrator. Thanks. It's the first thing I've actually tried to illustrate. And how you're using an iPad to do it all in. I am. I'm using um, Procreate on the iPad. Mm-hmm. No jokes about procreation. <laughs> he did very well. I wish people could have seen your little smirk as soon as I said procreate. <laughs> On the topic of writing stuff, I wrote in a review of the Apple Watch. Many people I've bumped into in the last couple of weeks and were like, how are you enjoying your Apple Watch? They don't say that in a high-pitched voice, but that was me differentiating. <laughs> how are you enjoying your Apple Watch? <laughs> so I, well... <laughs> Thank you. So I'd actually wrote down a couple of my thoughts on the Apple Watch. If you're interested in that or you're interested in the Apple Watch, go to alanandaj.com slash watch to read that. Of course, one of the most wonderful things in our household this week was your birthday today. That's right. Hence my new levels of wisdom. Right. Dreams and revelation. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. And chocolate. You got lots of chocolate. How were those raspberry lints, by the way? They were not good. No, I was wondering. T just desperately wanted to buy them. And then what did she say? I don't like raspberry <laughs> when you tried to share My six-year-old <laughs> bought me a bag of chocolates. And as soon as I opened them, I was like, oh, look at these chocolates. She was like, can I have one? I was like, I'm sensing an ulterior motive in purchasing. <laughs> <laughs> Our topic for this week, babe. Yes. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago we had Josh and Sarah Parsons? Yes. And they came on, they talked about their story of, you know, moving here and transitioning, you know, through different seasons of life. We probably got more feedback on that session than any other session that we've done. Just people coming up to us and saying, oh, I just loved their story. It was just awesome hearing it. It was a huge encouragement. Wow. I know. And and it is. It's I just love hearing people's stories and their journeys with God. And we have another young couple in our church going through an incredible transition, Sam and Tink. Um, who are actually heading off to Australia. Mm-hmm. And I think two weeks ago they were at church. And so we've walked with them for four and a half years and you know we've helped them in their journey as they're deciding what they're doing. But as they told their story to our church, I was thinking, I never heard that part of the story. Oh my gosh, that, that part's amazing. That's encouraging. Very cool. And yeah. I thought, I wonder if there's any way we could get their story on the podcast so other people could listen to it. Yeah. 
And then we realized we run the podcast. Of course we could. We can do whatever we want. And so we asked them earlier this week to come on the show. They've, they've actually left Nashville now yeah. at the time of us recording this. But they came around earlier this week and we interviewed them. And we're going to play that for you shortly. But babe, you had an amazing little revelation that popped in your head. We're talking about, how, you know, what is the theme of this podcast? Aside from it being Sam and Tink. And you said this amazing thing. What, what did you say? I said that when you blossom where you're planted, you will often end up getting transplanted into a place where you can grow even more and or even bigger. So Tink and Sam really blossomed where they were planted here and they took whatever opportunities that they had to serve and to grow. And now they're getting a much bigger opportunity to serve and to grow. So it's very cool. I'm not sure if we covered this in the interview, but here's the brief synopsis. Sam and Tink arrived at Grace Center four and a half years ago. They just jumped straight in. They got plugged in. They served on our uh, in our youth department. They served on our worship team. They came into the school. They then uh, staffed the school. They helped out at m and And they absolutely just got plugged in. And I love that picture because, not that I know anything about horticulture at all, but I do understand that when you plant something in a tiny little pot, at some point you have to move it to a larger pot to help it grow. And I think that's exactly what's happened to them. They're some of the first fruits of them just flourishing and blossoming. And God saying, I'm going to take you and the area that you've grown and all the nutrients that you've sucked up from this soil, I'm going to transplant you somewhere else Mm -hmm. so that you can cross-pollinate with other cultures and you can receive what they have and bring what they have. So that's the interview that you're about to hear next is their journey into this next season of their life. So hope you enjoy it. Amazing. AJ Jones. Yes, sir. We have some very special guests. We do indeed. We have Samuel and Tinkalicious. Wow. <laughs> that is my name, Tinkalicious. That, that is my proper God-given name. <laughs> and they're here right now. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> Sam and Tink, say hello. Surprise. Hey, what's which, up? Which one's which? You can't tell because my voice is gone, so I sound like Sam. But this is Tink. Yeah, this is me, Sam. <laughs> Tink, you're in a screamer band, is that right? Is that why your throat <laughs> is so rough? It's a rough life. Introduce yourselves to everybody. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how you ended up sitting on our sofas. Well, my parents met in Reno. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Sam. I'm from Smyrna, Tennessee, uh, born and raised. Uh, met Tink there when we were 17. Started dating yeah. in high school. Yeah. How old are you now for context? 24. So... Seven years ago. Yes. Indeed. Well, we started dating when we were 16, but we met when we were like 13. So literal childhood sweethearts. Literal. literal, yeah. We went to prom together. We went through the whole going steady thing. It's a fun time. I wouldn't say we did dating right, but it ended up okay. <laughs> you know, with the whole matching ring scenario. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. And so you met in school, fell in love. And then tell us how you got into our orbit. So we were both um, youth leaders. Uh, I was an assistant youth pastor in Smyrna. And we were both really involved at our church there. It was like his home church and my home church. And um, my friend Shelby Hornbuckle told me about these new pastors that started a movement called Emanate and told me that I should come and stop by. And so we came... Well, I told Sam that I was going to go, and so I went and loved it. I'd never experienced anything like it. I mean, I came from kind of a you know spirit-led church, but 
I had never experienced the presence of God that way. And so I would come back every Monday while still being very much a member of my other church, but would kind of hide in the back of Eminate on Mondays and would call myself like a secret Eminator and would tell Sam about it all the time. <laughs> and it's good because you hid among all the other Asians that came, so you didn't stand out at all. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Nobody knew you were there. There was the Asian collective at the back and you just joined them. Yeah, exactly. Right. And we all looked the same, so you wouldn't have known. <laughs> <laughs> Blended right in. Blended right in. <laughs> yeah. For those of you that don't live in Franklin, there is not a large Asian population. In fact, Tink was our first Asian to start attending. If and I can say I'm putting up a peace sign. Um, talk to me about, you said that, you know, experiencing the presence of God. That's something, and that phrase we're familiar with, but there may be people listening. That just sounds an alien thing. So when you say experience the presence of God. What did that look like, sound like, feel like? Well, I just specifically remember in worship, um, there not being any words that like, it was, it was really just like sounds. And I remember like the swells on the guitar and like the crescendo of the music. And all of a sudden I felt like tingles on my body. Like I felt tingles throughout my body and I felt this overwhelming peace and I just wanted to like weep but it wasn't a sad weep. It wasn't anything but like an overwhelming cry that came to me. And I just, I couldn't stop crying. And it wasn't because I was thinking about anything or upset or really anything. It was just like overwhelmed. It was being so overwhelmed with, I mean, the presence of God. So Sam, yep. that sounds as weird as anything. So your wife is coming home going, you know, it's one thing to say, I was in the presence of God tonight. It's another thing to say, I went to church tonight and there were swells of a guitar and I couldn't stop crying, but I'm not sad. How are you processing all this information from Tink? Well, um, I grew up in an Assemblies of God church that used to be Pentecostal, so I was used to hearing stuff like that. Um, so it, I wasn't really super surprised about it and it didn't like really freak me out. I thought something was kind of weird about it. But um, <laughs> what I took away that was so amazing is the teaching she talked about that went alongside of all of the things that were happening, Holy Spirit-wise and the presence of God-wise. And it was like, I've never heard anybody make that much sense about the presence of God. Right. So then when did you end up coming to Eminate, Sam? Uh, after Tank's first encounter weekend. That was what really sold me on Eminate. <laughs> Why? Because of the teaching she brought back from it. She was telling me oh, the right. sins of the fathers and all those things and how they line up with scripture. And I was like, this is crazy. I've never seen anybody dissect that that much. I'd heard like utterings about it like growing up. Right. But D- did you notice a difference in Tink after the encounter weekend? Yeah. And she stopped smoking crack at that <laughs> point? Yeah. She threw away all her cigarettes. And all what her- was the encounter weekend like for you, Tink? Well, the encounter weekend really changed my life in the sense that it was like it was like I took all of that experience that was happening and it all made sense of why it was like I it was like I was talking to my heart individually throughout the entire encounter weekend and was learning why I was the way I was and really encountered God and letting God completely like do a 180 on my life and just telling me exactly why I was the way I was and how he could redeem everything. And it was pretty awesome. That's amazing. I think we get so used to, talk about AJ and I, I think we get so used to 
what our normal is, that it's really refreshing to hear other people who encounter it for the first time. Because, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff is really normal. Mm-hmm. And we forget it's not to some people. Yeah. Well, I think it's life-changing when you realize that that at least some of the dynamics that you're living under have to do with outside things rather than inside things. Yeah. And that you can have freedom from it. So life doesn't have to look like that for the rest of your life. There's actually a a fix, if you will, and there's a way of inviting Jesus into the midst of that so that life gets to look so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's exciting. I love watching people at the beginning of the encounter weekend and then when they leave the encounter weekend and they just, they look different in two days. We should probably explain what an encounter weekend is in case there's people unfamiliar with that term and concept. It's it's a weekend where you just go away and you invite the Holy Spirit in to deal with your stuff with your family dynamics, with your personal dynamics, with your wounds, that kind of stuff. And you get freed up from like the sins of previous generations and whatever might be flowing down through generational lines that isn't life and, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's just sort of a clean sweep of your life um, and and hopefully setting you up with great tools to be able to walk forward and get free of things. So the reason we wanted you on the podcast is that you guys are about to head off to Australia. Mm Mm-hmm. You're about to partner with our good friends, Gary and Sarah Morgan. And you're moving to Melbourne, and that's a huge adventure. But as you were sharing your story, I mean, I've known you guys for five years, but as you were sharing your story at church on Sunday, there was details I had never heard before. And I was Mm -hmm. like, man, that is incredible. And especially in light of, you know, when Josh and Sarah Parsons were on talking about their story, I thought it would be huge encouragement for people to hear your journey. So, well, first of all, tell us what you're doing. And then tell us how that all started. We're going to Australia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going there to just uh, start a young adults group and a youth ministry inside of the church that is already established at Hillview. And um, Gary and Sarah just invited us to go on a journey with them and doing that and kind of gave us a blank canvas to create something there because they were saying that the signs were clear and that it's us to, to come. And, you know, we really trusted that and felt well, I mean, based on our story, we had a lot of confirmations. About How that. do you explain Gary and Sarah Morgan to people who have never encountered Gary and Sarah Morgan? I mean, seriously. I Well, the way I normally say it is, he's a legit prophet. He will know what your birthday is, and that's how you'll know. <laughs> he's Most so time. legit. Yeah. I was speaking to him this weekend. He was at a conference in Perth, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, it was one of the most amazing prophecies i've ever heard that he's standing ministering and he sees a lady out of the corner of his right eye he sees two dates and he sees a young man playing a guitar in heaven so he goes over to the lady and just says he knows one of the dates and just says i know this year has been hard for you but your year of you know mourning is going to about to turn into uh laughter and does this date mean anything to you and she said that was the year my son was born and she said, does this date mean anything to you? She said, that was the day my son died. And he said, what's your, na- what's your son's name, Reese? And she just burst into tears. And he said, I see him in heaven. Can I describe the guitar? Describes the whole guitar that he played. Oh my He's worshiping Jesus. And just, you know, you're just like, what is going on right now? Yeah. Imagine the comfort that that is to that mom. That's amazing. Okay. So as gnarly and as prophetic and as insane that is 
on the other end of the spectrum, Gary's just totally mm-hmm. super normal. Yeah. <laughs> the chillest dude. Which is yeah. hard to reconcile in your head, you know. Even kind of goofy sometimes. Oh, yeah. totally. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're super fun. He called out somebody else at the conference and said to this guy, hey, does, and I forget the number, 8030 me And the guy said, yeah, that's my pet. And his <laughs> wife hit him. And it was his <laughs> pin number. <laughs> so anyway, that's Gary and Sarah. So you're going to go be with Gary and Sarah yeah. in Australia. They're really good friends of ours, really good friends of Grace Center, have yeah. been here many, many times. How does one get from Smyrna, Tennessee, living in Franklin, Tennessee, to moving your whole life to the other side of the world to go work with some just amazing leaders and prophets? And how, what was your journey to that? <laughs> you must have like had this plan. You must have just worked the plan, <laughs> just like crowbarred your way in there. Great looking resume, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we, tell, paid, we paid some people. Yeah, yeah paid off a couple of pastors. <laughs> <laughs> tell the people how you step into the next season of what God has for you. In your in your experience, what happened? So when Gary and Sarah were here, so well, Sam and I became students of the School of Supernatural Life. I did yep. it the first year by myself, and that year was when Gary and Sarah Morgan actually came for Heaven Declares, and we had seen them before. Um, previous to this and have just been blown away every so, time. So that you saw them at a conference at Grace yeah, Center? Yeah, we've seen them away. at a yeah. conference at Grace Center before and I've seen him call people out and like yeah, doing stuff just, like we just say everything that had to be from God. And so we already knew who they were and that conference, it happened to Claire's, I was sitting in the back by myself and Sam was at work and um, I remember watching them prophesy over people and I'm just crying in the back And I had this thought to myself where I was just like, man, those are like our spiritual heroes. It would be so amazing to work with them. But you didn't know them at this point. You'd never met them. No, we had never met them. Right. I mean, I had talked to Sarah right before that session and I just told her, like I kind of gave her like a small prophetic word that I had seen over her. I saw like a little picture, but we'd never like personally met. Okay. And so like I had that thought and then I wanted to dismiss it, but in the school you learn that, you know, God cares about the things that you care about and that actually the desires of your heart really matter. And so I like said with God, I was like, you know, this, that would be really amazing to work with them one day. How many years ago was this? I think this was four years ago. Four years ago, you're sitting, you're really impressed by these guys' hearts, their character, their gifting, their life. And you just think, Lord, ah, you know, I mean, it's impractical. It's implausible. But you're like, Lord, I'd really love to be involved in their life. I'd love to, you know, have more relationship with them than I currently do, which is zero. That was four years ago. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, that was four years ago. Then what? So I had that thought and I shared it with God. And then I basically, I had this like vision of us, me and Sam standing next to them at their church in Australia that we hadn't seen before. And I just, you know, went with it. And then as soon as that, as soon as I went there in my head, Sarah Morgan called my name out in real life. And so she called my name out and she said, Tink, where are you? And I was like, so freaked out. And Mm -hmm. she called me to the front. And so I walked up to the front and her and Gary and AJ gave me the most life-changing word that night. What was the word? Do you remember? Well, I do remember Sarah telling 
me that I was going to teach people how to be childlike and that it was um, like a gift for me to be childlike. And then Gary, <laughs> I actually fell out in the spirit. Like I fell out in the spirit and then he was like, I'm going to pull Benny Hinn, pick her back up. I remember that. <laughs> I totally remember that. Yeah, he goes, pick her back up. I'm going to pull a Benny Hinn. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to pull okay. a Benny Hinn right now, pick her back up. And so I got up and he said that he saw a lowercase d over my head for doubt. And that I've doubted the things that I'm capable of, and I doubt who I am and the things that I can do. And, and four years ago, was that right? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. It was absolutely right. And um, and he said that I had to grow up fast. He was like, you had to really grow up fast. And with the quickening of your spirit, the Lord says that he's formed a covenant between you and him, and that he's erasing the lowercase d and replacing it with a capital D for destiny, and that you're going to catch something um that will go viral. And then he called me a social media pastor, which was pretty awesome. It's very cool. Especially considering now, like when you think about, right. You're like the guru, the social media guru. I do love social media. And and for the last year at school of supernatural life, you were a social media person. It's true. Because yeah. we, because we heard that word from Gary, mm-hmm. you know, we we're just like, yes. Um, the growing up fast part without going into your whole life, that was true too. Absolutely. My dad passed away when I was 16, so I had to grow up really fast and move my life over here to Nashville and help take care of my mom and kind of just take care of myself to learn how to grow up really fast. So it was super spot on. And it's sometimes hard for people who aren't the people receiving the prophetic word to understand the impact of the prophetic word. Right. Because no doubt it wasn't just that the revelation was correct. Is that the kindness of God that he'd call you out by name, minister into those deep areas, and then give you a promise that would springboard you into hope. Mm-hmm. He's amazing like that, isn't he? It's so crazy. So, Sam, where were you at this point? Uh, I was working. I was at Starbucks washing dishes. Just living nice. a life of glamour. Just, yeah. <laughs> well, to be honest, that was the best part about Starbucks was washing dishes, so... <laughs> it was. I was having the time of my life. So you don't know any of this has happened, Tink? Well, no. Um, I didn't. I could kind of feel like something was going on. I knew she was at the conference, and I wanted to be there, but I had to work. But um, people started texting me, being like, "Dude, your wife, the crazy things are happening," and like that was all they would say. And I'd be like, "What's going on?" And um, probably about the same time, right before I got any text message, I was just washing dishes, and um. I saw that same sort of vision of just just standing in Australia. Like, you know, look at the continent and then two little people standing on it, like a wedding cake, something like that. So that's what I saw. And um, then people started texting me that something was going on. And I was like really trying to wash those dishes fast to get out of there (laughs) (laughs) because I had to go see what was happening. And then, yeah, I got off work and talked with Tank and she told me that the whole thing she just you know, went through the story and it was just like, wow, this is crazy. Why, why is this happening simultaneously different places? And so you have a word, you have a little dream in your heart. I imagine everything changes the next day. You get flights, you're moving. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. So back to normal everyday life. Totally. Back to dishwashing at Starbucks. And so what do you, what do you do with that you just pocket it in your heart just treasured it yeah we just kind of put it away but didn't dismiss it we were like 
Right. Well, I mean, this is something that we both saw. So let's just kind of keep it in our heart. And then from then on, we started getting really weird, like really weird things would happen where we would get unknown calls from Australia. Yeah, weird connections with Melbourne specifically. Yeah, specifically. You mean your phone would just ring and it was somebody in Melbourne? Yeah, it would say Melbourne, Australia. And then like we got like emails from Melbourne. Yeah, well, the emails were all about flights too. It'd be like flights to Melbourne, deals with flights to Melbourne and like just things like that. And I, w- I would try to unsubscribe from them. I would go down to the bottom of the email, unsubscribe, and then they would just keep coming. <laughs> it was crazy. So you're getting random calls, emails, signs pointing to Melbourne. Yeah. yeah. But still no avenues to go to Melbourne. Nothing. No, we didn't even, like, we weren't even thinking about it. It wasn't even really on our radar. Yeah, um, it would just happen as life went on. Right. And you're in the school, you're washing dishes at Starbucks. Right. He's a student in the school now. Oh, right. You're now a student. As these yeah things were happening, I ended up going to the year after Tink, and she was a small group leader. And we asked Tink to come back and be a small group yeah. leader. So you're Tink, you're staffing the school. Sam, you're a student on the school. Right. And it comes up for outreaches. And it just so happens that this year, one of our outreach locations is Melbourne, Australia. Mm. Yep. Now, Tink, you have no choice, just to let people understand, you know, the pastors of the school decide, we just pray about it and decide who of our staff are going to go where. So mm-hmm. you could have gone to Israel, South China. Africa, yeah. China. That China, would have been good. I mean, that would have been home. Yeah, uh, Australia, <laughs> wherever. Uh, but Sam, you picked Australia. Why did you pick Australia as a student? Uh, based solely on the signs that we've been getting. Right. Like I was like, okay, this like that's why I've been getting these emails. I can't stop getting because I'm going to do outreach in yeah. Australia. And. Um, and if I'm not wrong, Australia was the most expensive outreach. Yeah, it? it was. That's another thing too. Um, I I knew we couldn't afford it. I mean, we could hardly afford to go to school. <laughs> but I mean, that was like the deliberate sacrifice because of you know the transaction that happened. So we uh, had enough just to put the deposit down, and I didn't know where she was going to go on outreach. She didn't either, and we both knew we wanted to go to Australia just because of everything that's happening. So. I put down the the five hundred dollar deposit, and um, that actually ended up being the only thing we paid for that trip. Everything wow. else, came everything in. else came in. I did. I didn't have to pay anything else because it wow. was like it was like thirty five hundred dollars. It was yeah. it was a lot. It was as much as tuition. And what's yeah. crazy is we didn't know all this stuff about Australia behind the scenes. I mean, we just prayed about it and mm-hmm. felt like things should go to Australia. So. You and Kate Dundon led a team mm-hmm. to Australia. Your yep. husband's a student in the school, but there's like 10 other people in the team and off you go. And we don't have a clue. Any of this is percolating in your heart. So you mm-hmm. go out to Australia, have exceptional favor. Any highlights from being in Australia that you remember? I mean, it was the best trip we've ever been on. And like working with Gary and Sarah and not only working with them, but just being around them was so incredible for us it was like we had never experienced people that lived so like saturated in the presence and like being around them and learning how they live their life was so inspirational for us and like we came back changed like that was already enough for us just the trip in itself was the experience that we thought it was just like oh god absolutely just wanted us to go there for Mm -hmm. three weeks and learn everything that we did from them and it so was, you, you were thinking, that's what I saw. That's what that vision was. That exactly. was, was yeah, we thought, week. oh, cool. God just wrapped this up. That was great. We we had some great prophetic things happen. Uh, a bunch of people on the team got like prophetic 
like words of knowledge about people and it was really cool we got to do literally everything we learned in the school and we thought that was it for us didn't you call somebody out by name while you were there as well or something or a number or- yeah yeah, I did. I, I that happened with me. Kate Dundon got a specific number about this this lady waiting on her husband to come see her because he couldn't get in the country, and she said there's a countdown to 24 or something. And then 24 days after that, her husband got to come into Australia like out of nowhere. So it was it was a really special trip. Right, amazing. Yeah. So you come home thinking that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're like that was an amazing connection. Like, that's like, we why made, we made an amazing connection there. And now, looking back, what was that? Um, now we look back and we're like, <laughs> man, we really did not see anything. <laughs> but <laughs> God, was, God was being yeah. pretty <laughs> like, I don't know, it's just so funny when we look back now because God was leaving us little hints throughout the entire time. Right. And now when we look back, I'm like, oh, it was like he was being obvious, but he really wasn't. <laughs> it, now It was the appetizer, yeah. but we didn't realize it. <laughs> we didn't realize it at all. And, and now it just makes it even better. It was like... Paul Cain, one of my heroes of the faith, said that God gives you a foretaste so you get a taste for what he's bringing. And so I just think that, you know, that's it there that you go yeah. and it comes back to, you know, we said this many times on the podcast that your prophetic words are best understood in hindsight. So, you know, you're saying we look back and just saw all these obvious signs. Well, at the time, you, you, you know, you don't have a lens to look through. So you come back, I'll jump in here, Gary and Sarah call us. And just said, hey, Sam and Tink, what's the deal with them? We're like, they're the worst people in the world. You know? <laughs> we just said, yeah, horrible, Sam and Tink are horrible. amazing. What, what are you feeling? And they were like, we just totally feel that they should be here. We don't want to ask them without, you know, we just want to run it past you as their leaders. Like, what do you think? We're like, oh my gosh, Sam and Tink are amazing. You you know, they'd be absolutely incredible. But we were thinking of asking Sam to come back and be a small group leader. And we're thinking of asking you, Tink, to come back again as a small group leader just because we saw such tremendous leadership on you guys. You know, everything we'd given you to do, you just blossomed and flourished. And we were like, man, we would love another year with them. So and we, we said, thought it would be fun to to give you guys an opportunity to lead together as well right. and just mm-hmm. in yeah. a safe environment like where it was familiar. Mm-hmm. So, so we said to Gary and Sarah, you know, go ahead and ask them. Like, you know, do what you want. Just so you know, from our perspective, we're thinking of asking them to be small group leaders we don't own them. We don't have first dibs on them or anything like that. You know, just you know, pitch it to them and, and see what they want. And I think it was about that time that they reached out to you. Is that right? And just said, yeah. would you consider coming? And you were like, let me pray about that. Yeah, it was uh, the day after we were asked to be small group leaders. No. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It definitely was. So we-, we asked you to be small group leaders. And then the next day, Gary and Sarah say, would you consider coming? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they ask you, well, what are you thinking? Uh, we're thinking, man, it would be awesome to do both. Like, I mean, that's literally what I thought. And I'm pretty sure Tink thought that too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Phil, well, Phil we we definitely knew it was God as soon as they asked us. Yeah. Um, just because we had been hearing from the Lord so much through numbers. Like we had, I had been seeing the number 08 since before we even went on the Australian outreach trip. And so with that day that they asked us, I saw the number 1208 like a thousand times that day. I even went into the Target store and like every clock on the clock aisle was set to 1208. Mm -hmm. And I heard the Lord audibly say like, you'll find out what this is tonight. 
And like between me and God, it's like hard to surprise me. Like just in life, like it's really hard to. It to really it's me. hard to surprise her. <laughs> and so God was like, "You'll you'll know tonight. Like get ready." And then that night, we were FaceTiming with Gary and Sarah, which was kind of normal. Like we we weren't expecting anything of it. And at twelve oh eight that night was when they invited us to move there, and it was like it just it it made complete sense. We knew it was God. It was perfect confirmation. We both just started crying when we got off the phone. With yeah, them. our jaws dropped. Literally, we just hung up the FaceTime and just sat in silence for a good five minutes. You know what I love about, I love so much about that story. I didn't know the 1208 thing. But what I love about this, because I know what happens next, is you then called us and just said, "Yeah, can we run something past you? And I think there's something incredibly precious about being willing to submit something that you so desperately want to be God to your leaders who could turn around and say, we don't think this is God. That's what you said at first as a joke. <laughs> first thing you're like, yeah, that's not God. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, it was great. I don't remember that. That's I would have I, had it any other way. This that's why I purchased a memory. taser is for those kind of moments. <laughs> but there's that tightrope of, oh God, I really want to do this. I hope they don't say no. I, I hope they let me. Not that we would stop you, but mm-hmm. there's something so wonderful about bringing that uh, certainly in my experience, you know, the Lord speaks to me in a dream, in a vision or something, and then I take it and there's a temptation to just run it, run with it. Oh, it's mine, you know, and I don't want leaders telling me I can't do this, blah, blah, blah. But we all know where that ends. Mm-hmm. And then you take it to your leaders and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking God's saying. What do you think? When they come back and say, oh, yeah, this is God, it feels like there's a double yeah, for sure. whammy, a double anointing, a double excitement on mm-hmm. that thing was that i don't want to put words in your mouth but is that what happened i mean of course i said i don't think it's god as a joke apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but what was your thinking behind coming and running it past us i i mean it was completely submissive we we learned in the school like you know to have uh i don't know how you how you put it in your teachings but just to always have counselors above you whenever something comes up from journaling or hearing God's voice and things like that. And this was, you know, you're after the school. But um, we wanted to completely submit it to you guys since we kind of have had made you, like, you know, you are our pastors. Right. We give you complete authority over spiritual things like that. So, yeah, running it past you was definitely what we wanted to do immediately as soon as we got it, just to be sure I'm not trying. I'm honestly not trying to make a point here. I'm mm-hmm. literally interested in the answer to this question. So this is me trying to be cunning and setting you up. Mm-hmm. What do you think, hypothetically, would have been the difference between you hearing? I think you know, Gary Sarah have asked us to do that, not running past us and going and doing it, which would be totally okay, right? You're mature people. You can hear from God. You've you know, you've got people, and you're going off versus what you did do, which was run it past us and say, hey, what do you think? Would you pray about it? Do you think this is the Lord? What do you think the fruit or the outcome would have been doing it one way versus doing the other? I think if we didn't take it to you guys, the Lord would have blessed it too. And then it, like even when we did take it to you, he blessed it even more. I just feel like when we took it to you guys, we were literally saying we don't want to have control over anything. We want yeah. God to be in control. And so with us submitting that way and like seeking wisdom, it was like the path became brighter for us 
where like we could see more where God wanted us to go and in the direction that he wanted us to go rather than us being on our by ourselves like you know when you look at animals in a pack and they're running like the one by itself is usually the one that gets attacked and we didn't want to be alone on this like journey we wanted to have people with wisdom um like sewing into us and and just helping us we wanted we want to always be willing to get help and so i think the fruit of that now like from where we are now is like we we see how much the lord's blessed this trip way more than we ever could have expected right because we asked for help and not saying that in like a way that we're taking credit for it is just like i can see how god was absolutely blessing that because we wanted him like we wanted his help and nothing more you know the other thing that's interesting to me which you you guys had nothing to do with this like the only conversation we had was, hey, Gary here have asked us, what do you think? And we're like, we think it's great. Ha- have an amazing time. And then you never asked us for anything after that, ever. You mm-hmm. were just like, oh, that's awesome. And we were really excited. And then I think because you were willing to lose it, I think because you were willing to say, we think this is God, but we're willing to be wrong. What do you think? And accept you know, our timing, our response. I think because of that, the Lord just promoted you guys without you even knowing what's happening. So behind the scenes, you know, prophets were coming to us saying, who's, you know, Sam and Tink, are you aware of what they're doing? And, you know, they helped us correct our understanding of what was doing. And the Lord really moved on behalf of you without you doing anything in the hearts of your leaders to help promote you and prosper you into what's going on. Mm. So remember James Gall came to m one night. Mm-hmm. You guys weren't even there. It was your night off. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so James Gall is like, where's Sam and Tink? And we're like, dang it, they're not here, so we're texting. So he turns to us and prophesies and says, Sam and Tink are the first fruits and goes into this huge big prophetic word, which was almost word for word verbatim what Gary had called a couple of nights earlier and given me a prophetic word, which I'd completely missed. I didn't have, you know, I didn't have a clue what Gary was talking about. Mm-hmm. I, he must have just thought, "What has happened to Alan?" But I wasn't <laughs> picking up what he was throwing down. And yet, the Lord was moving on your behalf. Like I, I feel like you took your hands off the wheel. You were responsible, but you were just like, "And we're going to take our hands off the wheel." Mm-hmm. And the Lord just provided resource after resource after resource to the point where, you know, Pastor Jeff was just like, "Oh, these guys are the first fruits of something new," and you know, we want to invest into them and. You know, all this favor came tumbling your way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really astonishing. <laughs> I still have trouble wrapping my head around it. Yeah, all of this, we're still so shocked by the goodness of God. So I had this thought, you've probably forgotten completely about this. But the Lord brought it back to my attention the Sunday that you were sharing at church. And I remember when you were a student on the school, I called you into my office because you were so close to not graduating because of your timeliness. Mm -hmm. So I'm not bringing this up to shame you. I'm bringing this up to say this is like amazing what God did. So I don't know if it's your personality. I didn't really know you that well then, but because of your lateness to school, because of absences, you were right on the cusp. And I remember sitting you in my office saying, Tink, you are about to not graduate. If you miss another thing, you're not going to graduate the school. And I remember you being really convicted, and God bless you, you were never late again. But I considered this when you were sharing. If you hadn't dealt with that little thing, you would never have graduated from the school, which means we would never have asked you back to be a small group leader. 
which means you would never have let an outreach to Australia, which means you would blah, 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 blah. Right. Oh, yeah. And I'm just thinking that tiny little thing, you know that verse that says, surely God desires truth in the innermost parts, that the tiny little thing that we think isn't a big deal could have turned your destiny. It could have derailed it for a bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's so funny that you just brought that up because I was literally thinking about that moment in the car today. Oh. When you brought me into your office and I was like, that could have changed everything. And it's wild because, you know, part of the message of the school is, yeah, you have an amazing destiny, but you also have amazing responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And actually tend to your responsibilities. You know, Yeah, be responsible. Blossom where you're planted. Mm-hmm. Do what God's asked you to do. Do stuff on time, you know, all this sort of stuff. And sometimes we think that they are completely unrelated elements to the destiny and that God will all work out and it's all fine. But I was just thinking, man, this could have ended up so differently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy. It's totally crazy. So let me talk about being on time. Was that a weird concept for you? Uh, yeah, because I'm Asian and <laughs> yeah. we live on colored people time my entire life. Is that a real thing? Oh, it's a real thing. Okay. <laughs> it's a real thing. I can say it because I'm brown. But it's true. I mean, like my entire life, I've never really felt like I needed to, like I didn't understand the concept of honoring people with your time. Right. And honoring people by being punctual. Like I just didn't get it. And well, that, You just think people are uptight or, or it just wasn't even on your radar? Yeah, it wasn't on my radar. I was just kind of in my own world. And then whenever like whenever you sat me in your office and it really hit me that it was like, "Oh, I'm affecting like my small group leader and I'm affecting the school as a whole, but I'm also affecting like my future." And so when I took that into context, it's just like, "Why why wouldn't I just be on time?" Like it's just a decision. It's a quick decision. Just do it. Yeah, cuz you were never late again after that. Yeah. I just, you just, I just changed the way I thought. Amazing. I'm so glad. Me too. <laughs> so you guys are about to make this amazing change in your life. You've transitioned with wisdom. As you reflect back on it, what would you say are some of the things that God's taught you that have perhaps surprised you? Uh, what has surprised me is... Uh, how God has moved in all of the prophetic words that have been given to us. And you mean us. like Gary's major word? No, 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 no. Like little words from, I mean, when I was a worship, the worship leader for the youth group, even the teens in there that had been taught to prophesy and just going to prophetic on Sundays and all the pr- prophetic stuff that happened in school with games we'd play, all of those words pointed to this thing happening and the stuff around it. And there's still some that are, you know, still in in my heart and still waiting on those. But I feel like God has highlighted the small words to me, the ones that aren't epic, like, you know, called to the front, you fall out in the spirit. But just the ones that I got, like, just from some random person walking up and be like, hey, I think God has this for you. And it seemed like he has had it for me in all those little times. So, yeah. That's really good. That's amazing. That's really good. Because I think you're right. I think we often discount... The little words that we get while we're, you know, playing a prophetic game or we go to Presbytery, but it isn't Gary Morgan who gave it to us. Mm-hmm. It's Bob, you know, yeah, it, or whatever. So, yeah, it's really fun in hindsight to be able to look back and go, oh, God, like you were saying the same thing through multiple voices. Mm-hmm. I also love that thing. Can you share about, you know, because you shared about the 1208 
thing and all the clocks and them calling it, you know, 1208 and all that kind of stuff. But also the about your visa form. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was crazy. So they just, Australia just came out with a visa last year, which is ironic because had we had gone to Australia before being a small group leader, we wouldn't have even tried to get this form because mm-hmm. it came out the year after. And um, it's a form for people between the ages of 18 and 31 without any dependents to come and work in Australia for a year. Mm-hmm. And it's super cheap compared to the rest of the visas that allow you to work. Right. So, I mean, I remember Gary saying, oh, have we got a visa for you? It's like they made this for you guys. And I was right. like, that's awesome. So I was looking over the document, like just reading all the requirements and stuff. And Tink reads over my shoulder. She's like, what was that? Wait, scroll back up to the top. And I was like, okay. And we scroll back up to the document number. And the form number for this new visa is 1208. I just love that. Like the form document number is 1208. Like it's you, like top right. It's so, it's so ridiculous. It's like you can't possibly head forward thinking that God isn't in the midst of it. He's mm-hmm. like, hey, guess what? Here it is again. Mm-hmm. So cool. It's insane. Tink, anything that stands out to you as you reflect on your transition stuff that you're like, man, that's, you know, an incredible thing or some wisdom you want to pass on to other people who are, are in your season. Because I was speaking to Gary Morgan last night. I was on the phone with him and, I just said, Gary, I what I love about hearing Sam and Tink's story is how many other people have had a fleeting thought pass through their head like, man, they're my spiritual heroes or I'd really like to be connected with so-and-so. Like, why Sam and Tink? There was like, I don't know, five, six hundred people in the room that night. Why out of all of those people did God orchestrate for them to come? Like, how much of that had to do with your heart, your desire? I mean, it's just... It's mind-blowing. And I love stories that couldn't be orchestrated any other way. In fact, we were sharing over dinner tonight that I know of people who've tried to make what's happening to you happen, especially with Gary and Sarah. And it just hasn't even got past the initial email. So as you reflect, what are some of the things that you would encourage people with who are looking and have a desire and they want to move to the next step? I think for me, like what I've learned the most, especially through this, is that God is like so aware of my heart and he's so in tune with me personally that like I didn't even have to try to do anything. Like we didn't have to try to make anything happen for us. We just had to talk to our dad about it. Like talking to talking to God like he was my father and really knowing that he heard me was like almost enough and knowing that he knows best with what my heart desires. And so like me not having to try to do anything by my own strength or by my own ability, but knowing that like, God, I've told you what I love and what I want and what I desire. And I know that you know what's best and that he'll take that desire in my heart and just like orchestrate it to work out for my good, no matter what. And like, even throughout all that, like not losing sight of the fact that God loves me. And so like, even if it didn't happen with Gary and Sarah, I'm sure that something even more amazing, like, something just as amazing would happen. And I know that it's because God would be basing it off of my desire, you know, like just knowing Mm -hmm. that he knows my heart the best and that, you know, like just waiting and, and trusting him throughout all of it. And especially now I look back and it's been like four years since that happened. And what would happen if I had that thought with God and I was like, God, I would really love to work with them. And if I only thought about that for the next four years, like that would have driven me crazy. Yeah. But like I, I gave it to God and then kind of just like trusted him with it and let it go. And then he let it grow. It was like, 
it was just like this seed that I planted in his hand and let him just grow it and make it. That's awesome. And then you go on with the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just kind of move on, but you don't lose hope or anything. It's just like. but And, and you guys too, like just as an outside observer, you, when Alan says you move on with the rest of your life, you guys work hard. Like, you know, you, you play hard, you have friendships, you invest in friendships, but you work hard and you're diligent mm-hmm. and whatever. It's not like you're waiting around for destiny to come and find you. You're, you're living your life and you're living it well, you know, and in the, in the background, the Lord is orchestrating this elaborate tapestry of mm-hmm. desire and destiny and he's weaving it all together. I just, uh, it's amazing. Would you guys pray for our listeners? Just bless them. There'll be people sure. who are inspired by your story or people who are, have got dreams and are wanting God to move on their behalf and you know maybe are tired or weary or frustrated, but would you just bless them and just pray for them? Give them an impartation of your hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dear God, thank you for uh, everything you've done for us in the past couple years and leading us along this path that you've been um, building for us. And I pray for anybody listening just uh, that is inspired or has a dream, has something like that, to just give it to you and to trust you with it, God. And I pray that uh, you would inspire people to live with their hands open on their dreams and submit it to you. And that um, in that they would find such a hope and not a frantic chase after their dreams, but like a wild trust in you, God, that you totally know what's going on in their hearts and what they want and that you're orchestrating something for them and they can trust in that and believe in that and get on with their lives. Yeah, Lord, and I just thank you that you're such an amazing father and that you know the desires of our heart and that you care about the desires of our heart. And I thank you that you give us the opportunity to just kind of dream with you. And Father, I just pray for every person that's listening um, that's just dreaming with you. I just bless those dreams and um, and thank you for our testimony and our story that mm-hmm. you're still writing. And, you know, your word says that we'll overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So, Father, I just thank you for this testimony and thank you for the testimonies that are being written right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys are amazing. We're excited about you going to Australia. How can people follow you, find out more about you? and being on your journey in Australia? Um, I just started a blog, so they can follow that. Tell us your Instagram names, your Twitter names, your blog. Tink McLeod, everything. At Tink McLeod is Instagram and Twitter. At Sam Aaron, Aaron McLeod. McLeod. And then the blog will be www.tinkmcleod.com. So there you go. I hope that was a blessing to you. We love Sam and Tink. We love you. Have fun in Australia. We've no idea where you are right now, but... I would imagine you'll be listening to this at some point. And so we love you and we miss you already. Yeah. Your beautiful smiling faces. Yeah. Let's wrap this thing up. All right. If you would like the show notes for this episode, head over to alanaj.com slash 58. And as a birthday gift to me, because it is the day of Alan, um, one of the things you could do that would be a huge blessing is head over to iTunes, search for Keeping Up With The Joneses. And if you could leave a review, it would help us tremendously. 
It would be a real blessing to us. It would help get the word out about the show and it would help us reach new listeners. And I actually just discovered this week that each iTunes store in each country has its own reviews. So the reviews in Canada, for example, won't be seen by listeners in America and vice versa. Oh, so, wow. so no matter which country you're in, we'd really appreciate your feedback. Again, go to iTunes, search for Keeping Up With The Joneses and leave us a review. That would be amazing. Thank you so much. Have a great week. Bye.